0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. I want to speak to you from 2 Kings chapter 2 verses nine to 13 tonight. I wanna speak a message to you that's been close to my heart, a, a message that's really come out of, uh, I guess, a season of understanding and a, and a life of learning uh, so far about the presence of God. It says this, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses nine to 13. It's a story of Elijah and Elisha, two of my favourite men of God in the entire scripture. And it says this, when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit or a double portion of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. What an exit, right? Uh, What an exit, I'd like one of those. Um, Elisha saw it and cried out, my father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress, Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. Lord God, we just thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that your word has power and it has authority. And Lord God, I pray tonight that your word will come alive to us tonight. I pray, Lord Jesus, that fire would fall upon this word. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would leave tonight, Lord, ablaze for you with a passion in our hearts to pursue you this year like never before. Lord God, we just consecrate and separate this word to you right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Hey, uh, who who gets hangry when they're hungry? Do you know what hangry means? It's a combination of being angry because you're hungry. Any people get angry when you're hungry? Just give me, don't lie tonight. There's more people than that. You you do not want to be around me when I'm hungry, right? I do weird, strange things. I have a short fuse when I'm hungry. When you need to eat, man, you need to eat. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I remember one time we were we were in Perth and me and my wife were uh, just done a bit of ministry and we were chilling out after that. And uh, we just, I, I kind of get like a once a year craving uh, for fish and chips. Who loves fish and chips? I, I love anything deep fried and covered in batter. I'm not going to lie. But fish and chips uh, goes down well. It's one of my favorite uh, meals to to down, you know, when I get the opportunity. And so we thought to ourselves, you know what, I'm hungry I wanna order myself some fish and chips. Let's get some fish and chips up to the room. So we ordered the fish and chips and who knows that fish and chips always come in that paper bag. And uh, you know it's good fish and chips when the bag is see-through by the time it arrives to you. You know what I'm talking about? Those things have been baptized in oil right? And uh, I remember rolling in and, and we walked into the hotel room and the bag was piping hot and it was see-through and I ripped open that thing and there's like steam rising up off those chips. And I'm just so hungry, but I figured, you know what? I'm not going to wait. I'm going to get straight into it, right? So I get a chip. I don't blow on that thing. I don't cool that thing down. I don't wave it around. I just stick that thing straight in my mouth, right? And, uh, and let's just say it instantly incinerated all of my taste buds, You ever had that before? You put something too hot in your mouth and your taste buds are gone? Like they are wiped? So I put it in my mouth and immediately my eyes start tearing up and Hannah is like watching this. Hannah, my wife, she's watching this take place and she's looking at me and she's like, babe, are you all right? Like, how do you eat chips that quickly? And I, as a man, am not wanting to show any weakness, of course. So I'm like, oh, babe babe, it's fine. Like, you know, my, my taste buds are impenetrable to heat. In fact, give me some more. So I get a whole handful of them and start stuffing them in my mouth, trying to convince my wife how tough I am. It's so funny how that still matters. A few years into marriage, you're still like, I still want to prove I'm tough, you know? So, so I'm stuffing these chips in my mouth and eventually it gets to a point where like there are tears rolling down my face. My mouth is on fire. And so I don't know what else to do. So I just figure, well, I'm just going to swallow, you know? So I swallow the chip and then one of them got jammed halfway down my Throat. Like, they're meant to go down that way. <laughs> this one went down that way. And uh, it got jammed there. And and seriously, like, I was starting to fear for my life. Like, I'm like, I'm coughing. This thing isn't moving anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm getting like, I sound like a cat with a furball. Like, I'm oh, trying, to, trying to get this thing out. And like, Hannah, my wife, she has a real dark sense of humour. Like, her favourite videos to watch on YouTube is compilations of people hurting themselves. So... So if you like ever want sympathy from my wife, don't get yourself in pain because she doesn't think it's sorrowful. She thinks it's funny. So, so I'm there concerned for my life and she's like, <laughs> she's just losing her chops over it. And so I get real mad. I'm like, babe, shut up. I'm at risk right now. My life is in danger. So, so I, I, I storm into the bathroom and I shut the door and then I'm, I'm trying to get this thing out. And then, and then something happened that I didn't know was biologically possible. <laughs> but Chip, Went up my throat, but it missed my throat and went into my nose. And and for half an hour I'm trying to get this thing out of my nose, and my wife's at the door, and all I can hear is <laughs> on the other side of that door. And then eventually I realized I had to go from like cat mode to pig mode and just snort that thing out. And it was the most disgusting moment of my life. And I learned a lesson that night, never be too quick to eat, right? Cool your chips down before you get them in your mouth. Sometimes it's okay to not be manly, right? And uh, you, you do weird things when you're hungry. <laughs> you do weird things. You, you stop caring about the consequences. You stop caring about manners, You stop caring about how it looks or how it sounds. When you get hungry enough, it's almost like you forget about the consequences and all you're thinking about is how to get what you desire on the inside of you. And I believe that Elijah was a man of great hunger. Elisha was this man who grew up with a great hunger for the things of God. He was bold enough to approach Elijah in this last moment on earth and say, Elijah, I want a double portion of your spirit. Elisha, I want double of the presence of God on my life. I want double of the miracles to flow through me. There was a hunger on the inside of Elisha. He wasn't caring about the consequences. He didn't care about what people thought. There was just a hunger inside of him for more of God. And I just believe you never graduate from getting a hunger for more of God. You're never too mature to desire more of God. You never get to a place of wisdom in your life or or oldness in your life even where, where it's fine to no longer hunger for God. No, I believe that we are called to constantly pursue the presence and the anointing of God at every season of our lives. Elisha goes to Elijah and he asks for this thing called a double portion. And if you look at this word portion in the scripture, often when this word is used, it's actually used in reference to food. Some commentators even think that you could translate it as a double mouthful. It's referencing a hunger, it's referencing a desire. Let's imagine for a minute that we all go out to a steakhouse after church tonight. Come on, who loves some steak? Who loves some medium rare steak? You're going to be very hungry by the end of tonight with all these food illustrations. But let's imagine for a moment we go out to the steakhouse and the waiter's coming around and they're taking our orders. And, uh, and, and you, you go, oh, I'll have a steak plank. Some, and some, some strange person orders a well done steak. And you're like, you know, and then, and then a sane person orders that medium rare steak because you want to know that animal was alive. You know what I'm saying? Medium rare. And, and you go around the room, but then it gets to me and I'm, I'm there and I'm like, oh, excuse me. Um, I would like to have two steaks. The boys at the table would look at me and go, well done, mate, we're proud of you, you know? And, and that's the first thing that would happen. But the second thing that would happen is you would have to assume based on what I ordered that I was hungrier than you were. See, if Elisha was asking for a double portion, we can only deduce that he was a man who had double the hunger. There was double the hunger inside of Elisha and as he brought that hunger to God, God says in reward for the fact that you came with double the hunger, I wanna release on your life double the portion. I wanna release on your life double the presence. I wanna release on your life double of my spirits. I believe that we're called to be people of hunger. Elisha asked for a double portion because he had double the hunger. Come on, can we get something in our spirit in 2019 And we just resolve, you know what? I wanna have double the hunger this year. You know what? I don't wanna roll into this year accidentally. I wanna roll into this year intentionally. I wanna get a hunger for God on the inside of me again. I'm hungry for more. I was in prayer a little while ago and I don't know if you ever had a moment like this, I'm sure you have, but sometimes you get so caught up in the pace of life and in what God is doing and and all the things that are happening and you know we got babies popping out and churches starting and things going on And, and sometimes you can just get swept up in the midst of the intensity of life. And sometimes when we get swept up in the intensity, we forget to actually sit back and thank God for His hand in our life. We forget to actually trace back how good He's been to us, how good His faithfulness has been, how many times He's come through. I was just having a moment of prayer with God in my room one day and I was just thinking about God's goodness to me in my life and how kind He's been to me with my parents and my grandparents who were both praying men and women of God. I just began to pray and just said, God, I just thank you for my grandparents who who prayed for me from before I was even born. I thank you for what I'm walking in today is because of their prayers. I began to thank God for my parents and just said, God, I thank you for my parents. I thank you that I had praying parents and I thank you that what I'm walking in today is because of their prayers. Come on. I just want to pause for a moment and say, do you know being raised in church is also a great testimony? Do you know that having a spiritual legacy is as great a testimony as being saved when you were 16 years old? Do you know having praying parents and praying grandparents is also a mighty testimony from God? Just a side point, just a thought. But I was in a moment, I was just thanking God for it. And as I was thanking God, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me so clearly. And He just said, Sam, there's one person you forgot to thank. And I was sitting there, i trying to think, I'm like, man, like I could thank my pastors. I could thank, you know, these people, these people, like a long list of people, got. And I'm praying, i was saying, God, who do you want me to thank? What is it? And I felt this and it really jarred me and I never forgot it because it was just out of the blue. But I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Sam, I want you to thank me for your 16-year-old self. As I heard him say that, I began to see a vision, a picture, a memory come into my mind of 16-year-old Sam at a youth camp encountering Jesus for the first time. I don't know if you remember the moment where you encountered Jesus for the first time, but I remember being on the floor for hours, just crying my eyes out. I'd never, I'd heard about him all my life, but the moment I met him, something changed in me. And every morning from that moment, when I was a teenager, I got up in the morning and I just played this song. I reckon I played it for like two years straight, It was this old Hillsong song called Magnificent. Like it wasn't even a cool one. It wasn't even Jesus, you are my best friend, right? It was just this song, but there was something in it that just wrecked me. And I spent hours in those years just on my knees crying out to God. And I didn't know enough to know the theology of a scripture or anything, but all I knew for those years is that I desperately wanted more of God. I was just on my knees saying, God, I just want more of you. And what I realized was that the hunger that 16 year old had that 16 year old Sam had for God was responsible for 27 year old Sam being full of God because the hunger that you have for God today defines the person that you will be tomorrow But here's what's also true. If I want 50-year-old Sam to be full of God, i got to get on my knees again every day and keep my spirit in a place of hunger and say, God, I still want you like I wanted you then. I'm still after you like I was after you then. I'm still hungry for you like I was hungry for you then. The hunger that you have for God today will define the person that you will be tomorrow. The hunger that our churches have for God today will define the churches that we become tomorrow. May we never graduate from hunger. May we never graduate from hunger. I think Elisha had a wisdom when he asked for that double portion. I think he understood what he was asking for. I think he knew in that moment that his hunger on that day was going to define who he would be tomorrow. And I think we ought to walk with that same wisdom this year of knowing that our hunger is shaping us. Our hunger is changing us. And that he still matters more than anything. When was the last time you threw away your prayer list and made God your prayer list? When was the last time you stopped praying for the things you want to see happen and make God the thing you want to see happen? God, I want to see your face again. I want a double portion of your spirit on my life, on my life. I'm a, uh, a closet McDonald's fan. Um, For those of you who don't know, I actually love McDonald's. When people say they don't like McDonald's, I don't believe them. I just think they're wise eaters, right? But uh, my favorite burger from McDonald's, it's no secret, I've managed to sneak it into just about every message I preach, is the double quarter pounder with cheese. I'm telling you, there's no better burger. A little while ago, a year ago, it was in the drive-thru and I was ordering my favorite burger and uh, I was ordering this double quarter pounder and I noticed that there was a burger on top of it called the quarter pounder. And I just got upset about it. I'm looking at it and I'm I'm literally there in the drive-through looking at this thing saying quarter pound. I'm thinking, why would anybody order a quarter pounder when you could have double? Why would you want one sweet little beef patty when you could have two sweet little beef patties? Why would you want one slice of cheese when you can have two? I'm sitting there having this profound moment in the drive-through. So you're like, who is this guy? He needs to go back to Adelaide for a little longer, right? And I was sitting there, I was thinking, why would anyone order a quarter pound when you can have to i I'm sitting there and I realised there's, there's only two reasons. The first reason is that you weren't hungry for more. Or the second reason is you couldn't afford it. <laughs> you won't pay the price. <laughs> and I started thinking about it. Why do we get content with what we've had in God? Well, I think there's only two reasons. We're either not hungry for more, or we're not willing to pay the price to go after it and to get it. But I just believe that God's looking for a church who's not only hungry for more of His presence, but He's willing to rise up and pay the price to possess it. (laughs) Hungry for more, but willing to pay the price. Yeah, I think sometimes the reason that we're not hungry for more is because we spend our whole life eating someone else's meal. See, the other thing that happens at McDonald's every time I go is I ask my wife, he just gave me a towel. I'm the sweaty preacher man with a towel now. I realized that six months ago. They keep throwing towels on things. I'm, like, I'm that guy now. I'm that guy now. I'll just show you how it works, guys. So what you do is you get it and you just caress your balding head until it reappears in about 30 seconds. Um, See, I think so often we we spend our lives eating someone else's meal. My wife certainly does every time we go through the drive-thru. What do you want, baby? Oh, nothing. I'll just have some of yours. (laughs) No, you won't. If you don't order something, I'm going to order it for you because it's my burger. But, But I think a lot of the time we spend our lives eating our pastor's meal, our pastor's encounters with God, our pastor's stories of the presence of God, our pastor's history in the presence of God. But when was the last time you got on your knees in your room and said, I'm not content. Come on, going after someone else's meal. I gotta get my own meal today. I gotta get my own encounter today. I gotta get my own story today. You can't survive on someone else's meal. God's called you to eat your own. Man, the sons of Sceva, Acts chapter 19, I love this. It's one of the funniest stories in Scripture. Acts 19, 11 to 16 shows you what happens when you live off of someone else's meal. I'm gonna read it in the message because it's just a really fun language around this story. It's the best. It says, God did powerful things through Paul, things quite out of the ordinary. The word got around and people started taking pieces of clothing, handkerchiefs and scarves and the like that had touched Paul's skin and then touching, them, uh, touching the sick with them. But touch did it, they were healed and whole. Some itinerant Jewish exorcists who happened to be in town at the time tried their hand at what they assumed to be Paul's game. They pronounced the name of the master Jesus over victims of evil spirits saying, I command you by the Jesus preached by Paul. <laughs> oh, this is so good. The seven sons of a certain Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were trying to do this on a man when the evil spirit talked back and said, I know Jesus and I've heard of Paul. But who are you? Then the possessed man went berserk, jumped the exorcist, beat them up, tore their clothes off, naked and bloody, they got away the best they could. See, these men thought it was enough to borrow someone else's story, someone else's encounter, someone else's revelation. So they lived their life powerless. What you gotta get on the inside of you is a revelation of your own, an encounter on your own, a hunger of your own, but says, come on, I want more of you in my life. I wanna walk in the power of God. You're gonna get your own meal. Sometimes we're not hungry for more because we've lost our appetite. My brother, he's a doctor and he would tell you that one of the earliest symptoms that there's something wrong in your body is that you've lost your appetite. You no longer wanna eat, why? Because it's not normal to not wanna eat. See, when unhealthy things get in our system, things like doubt, Things like bitterness, things like disappointment, things like a sense of failure, things like a sense of unforgiveness, they infect our system and they numb us to our appetite for God. And the only cure for a lack of appetite to God, I'm sorry, is one thing it's encountering Him again. See, sometimes what you need when you don't have an appetite is to see the menu again. Sometimes I think I'm not hungry, and then I go to the store and I read the menu and I realize I'm hungry because there was something on there that captured me again. Can I tell you, it's a good exercise to remind yourself on what's on God's menu again. It's a good thing to remind yourself of the breakthrough that's on the menu of God, of the healing that's on the menu of God, of the abundance that's on the menu of God, of the friendship with God, the anointing of God, what's on His menu and whet your appetite for Him again. You gotta remind yourself of that. Psalm 34 verse eight says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You gotta taste it again. Come on, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Some of you, you gotta taste and see again. You gotta taste and see again. Matthew five verse six in the message, you are blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. His food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. sometimes we're not hungry for God. Other times we're not willing to pay the price. See, the value of something is determined by how much someone is willing to pay to get it. An iPhone isn't worth $2,000, but all of us suckers have paid it to get one. So it becomes worth $2,000. The value of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. See, when Elisha asked Elijah for a double portion, do you remember what Elijah said? He said, you've asked a difficult thing. You've asked a difficult thing. Do you know on the road to Elisha receiving this double portion, there was prophet after prophet, voice after voice that tried to stop him? Do you know if you go through and read the story, There's one voice that tells him and says, your master's going to be taken away. Don't bother going after him. And another said the same. And another said the same. But Elisha had something in his spirit. He was so hungry that he was willing to push through for his breakthrough. There was something inside of him that was willing to pay the cost to get what he had a conviction that he needed. There's going to be something inside of our lives where we say to ourselves, you know what? If this costs me something, it's okay because whatever cost I have to pay is worth it for His presence, is worth it for His Spirit, is worth it for His anointing on my life. We've got to be willing to push through for the breakthrough. We've got to be willing to pay our own costs. My fear for my generation is that we would simply ride in the slipstream of a slipstream, the slipstream, that's interesting, the slipstream of what the generations before us paid for while never actually paying our own price. See, we as a generation coming through have to get a conviction that there's gonna be a price that we have to pay. Do you know the price that was paid to build great churches like this? The price that was paid to see revival in Australia? Well, there's a call of a generation coming through. We've gotta rise up and say, we're willing to pay the price again to receive a double portion. (laughs) We're gonna be willing to pay the price. Because sometimes we're asking for a difficult thing. You know, when family dinner time at our house, often we'll just have like a bunch of tubs out in the kitchen and, you know, like filled with like, you know, pasta or lasagna or salad or whatever. And and mum will be like, all right, guys, go serve yourselves up. And when we were kids, (laughs) I would always be the first to the line because who knows whoever's first gets a better portion. So, So I'd roll it to that line and I would start heaping as much of that on my plate as possible before my mum would slap my hand. (laughs) And she would be like, Samuel, stop that, you're being inconsiderate. You gotta consider all the people who are gonna come after you. You gotta consider their hunger as well. Can I tell you something? God is not like my mother. (laughs) He does not want you to consider anything around you when it comes to your hunger for him. He does not want you to take into account the people around you's hunger when it comes to your hunger. He does not want you to take into account your situation when it comes to your hunger. You see, your hunger should never be based on a situation around you. Your hunger is going to be based on a passion that is inside of you. Something of your own that rises up and says, come hell or high water, I am hungry for more. It's a bad week in my finances, I'm still hungry. My kids are playing up, I'm still hungry. I'm feeling defeated, but I'm still hungry. I'm feeling like I can't go on, but I'm still hungry for more. I'm still hungry for more. I'm gonna get the kids to join me. We're gonna wrap this up in just a second. You know, I've just learned in my life that hunger has the power to overcome a whole lot of things. Hunger will overpower your dignity. Hunger will overpower the perceived cost. Hunger overpowers complacency. Hunger overpowers comfort. Hunger overpowers many things. And I remember a uh, little over two years ago now when um, I was asked to take on you for live in South Australia. You don't know Southern, I didn't grow up in a big church. Um, I grew up in a, a little place called Murray Bridge, which is about an hour and a half out of Adelaide. And um, Murray Bridge is a place where teeth and shoes are optional extras. It's, uh, it's a rough place. And uh, sometimes when you're from a small place, you kind of start believing something and it's, not, it's a lie, it's not true, but you start believing that God could only do small things with your life. And I remember... When I got called up to take on Youth Alive and obviously I was excited by the opportunity, but I remember the night where it was all getting announced, it was at our state conference and, and uh, there was a pastor up on the stage and he'd brought all the, the youth pastors up behind me uh, around the place and he was just getting me to pray over them and they announced that I was taking it on and I'm going around and I'm just praying for all of these people. As I'm praying for them, just to be completely honest with you, I wasn't really thinking about what I was praying about because I was so plagued by fear and so plagued by insecurity that I didn't belong there and that I shouldn't be doing it, that I could, barely, I could barely fix my mind on what I was praying. And I remember getting to the end of just praying for those guys and the pastor was ministering and I remember standing just at the edge in line with all these youth pastors and I remember just saying to God, I just said to God, God, what am I doing here? I'm not cut out for this. I can't do it. And literally, I'll never forget it. I felt something just push me forward. I believe it was the hand of God. I don't know how theological that is, but I felt something push me forward. I remember thinking to myself, it's very rude, God. You know, because um, everything within me was saying, Sam, run away from this. Get out of this now before you, before you take this on. You're nothing, you're a nobody. Go back to where you're from. And I remember just hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to me and he just says, Sam, I want you to run. And I'm like, yes, Lord, I will run for you. But I knew what he was saying. He was saying, Sam, I want you to physically run up and down this platform (laughs) right now. And you're gonna break this fear off of your life. It was like a, a good temptation. It was like God was whispering to me and saying, how much do you want me? How much do you want me? Will you run after me with everything you've got? Is there a hunger on the inside of you for more? And I remember just already feeling pretty, pretty small, like I shouldn't be doing it. So I just figured to myself, well, I already probably look like an idiot. So what's this gonna hurt? It wasn't a very spiritual thought. I'm just being honest. So I'm there and here's all the youth pastors, there's ministry going on, young people everywhere. And then I just figured to myself, all right, I'm gonna do it. And I just start running. There's, a funny, there's some really funny camera footage of it now. I can laugh about it now, because I'm, you know, I'm past it, but it's just footage of me going woohoo, you know. And, um, and I start running up and down the platform, just lap, back, lap, back, lap, back, lap, back. Until I felt something change. And I remember stopping at this end of the platform after running and probably confusing a whole lot of people but I was somehow meant to lead after that. But I remember standing there and feeling a literal mantle, a literal weight, a literal anointing come upon my shoulders that day and and something broke in me and I preached that next night without any fear, without any hesitation, knowing fully that I was where I was meant to be, doing what I was meant to do. And what happened in that moment, what I realised is that my hunger had overpowered my fear. My hunger had overpowered my insecurity. My hunger had overpowered my manners. My hunger had When you get a hunger for God on the inside of you, I'm telling you, there's nothing more powerful. So I just wanna ask you tonight as the band joins me, are you hungry? Are you hungry? Is there a hunger in your spirit tonight? Are you waiting for God to rock up to you or are you gonna rock up with Him tonight? Are you gonna step in and just say, God, I'm gonna pursue you again like I've never pursued you before? May this be the year where the bedroom door closes again because you're down on your knees seeking His face. May this be the year again where you say, God, I just want you and I don't care how it looks and I don't care what it costs me. I just want you. It's a simple message tonight. May we be hungry for more and maybe we be willing to pay the price to take hold of it. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.